Welcome to Grumpy GDPR. My name is Ria, founder of No Ties Consulting. And my name is Milos Novic. I'm an associate professor of law. And hello, Grumpy GDPR crowd. Milos here, as always, and Ria there, as always. Hi, Ria. How are you doing? Hey, Milos. I am... Um... Uh, can I say busy? Is it? I always start by saying that I'm busy, but uh, so it's starting to become like ridiculous. But uh, yeah, how are you? Oh, you're stealing my thunder because I was just about to say, like, oh my god, I'm exhausted <laughs> and like I've had a cold. No, actually, what I'm having is an existential crisis, and I'm having an <laughs> no less, no, no less. Seriously, uh, after having recovered from my cold, I have discovered that I actually know nothing about data protection anymore at all. Welcome to the club. We are, uh, in fact, eight court of justice opinion and rulings behind. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible, incredible. And I, I'm having an existential crisis as well because I've uh, gone MIA on uh, LinkedIn for the last two, three weeks and people are starting to ask if I'm still alive. So yes, people, uh, we are alive. We're just swamped. The last two, three weeks have been absolutely mind-blowing, hectic, dealing with not one but several data breaches. So uh, welcome to the world of the DPOs. <laughs> and what a wonderful world it is. When it comes to court of justice, I almost asked what is LinkedIn. Uh, but when it comes to <laughs> court of justice, uh, I'm starting to get this growing suspicion that they are getting paid by the letter. Because by the number of cases they're pumping out, like it's, it's just impossible to keep up. But the one that is yeah. making me grumpy today is extra special. Because it means that I have no idea what personal data is. Well, neither do I, and uh, I think that maybe some of our peers are um, celebrating things in advance. There have been popping of champagne that I think people must find those caps and put them back into the bottle. Yes, and then hide the bottle. But in any case, I think that the decision itself came from the Court of Justice. It was surprisingly difficult to track down, I guess, because it involved a dispute between uh, data... Sorry, it involved a case which was previously handled by the uh, European Data Protection Supervisor, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, and correction, it was in the general court, which is uh, an important distinction. And you can actually, this is a tip for everybody, if you look at the letter preceding the case number, if it says C, that is the actual, the big court of uh, justice. If it says T, that is for uh, the general court. Why wasn't it a G? by the way. Hmm. <laughs> but it's the tea for sense, uh, translations. Yeah. yeah. But it was an exciting kind of dispute because we've had a body which was processing personal data, right? Or sorry, which was collecting personal data in order to assemble some kind of a consultation response, which was actually perfectly legitimate and I think even mandated by the law. From what I recall, this body was actually gathering information on uh, some sort of financially uh, related stuff for the investors, right? Yeah, so it's called the Single Resolution Board, the SRB, which is the Central Resolution Authority within the banking union. So if a bank is uh, looking to go belly up, which we've unfortunately seen a few times lately, then they step in and they manage the whole resolution process and making sure that taxpayers' monies are well taken care of. Right. So good mandate there. Yeah, 
So then they ask people, what do you think? Were you an investor? Do you have any interest in this? And then they get the consultation responses. Now they wanted to act upon those and there they engaged Deloitte. The trick in this case was that they actually, if I understand correctly once again, pre-selected data or sorry, rather pseudonymized data because they only um, they started kind of sorting comments, removed some duplicate comments, assigned random numbers, and only then sent those comments coupled with random IDs over to Deloitte, which was then to generate statistics based on this. And then the yeah. question was, was this actually personal data? What was transmitted? What would you have said a month ago? Yeah, I would have said yes. I think everybody would have said yes. Everything is personal data. And yet, yeah. in this case, the Court of Justice says, hmm. The General on. Court. General Court. Fine. You know what? Uh, wait. <laughs> I will call it Court of Justice out of fierce fight. I can't even pronounce General Court anymore. But yeah, so they said more or less that this was not clear cut, that when you transmit personal data to another party and this other party it's not determined that this other party can actually re-identify the person, that in that sense, there is no violation of the GDPR. Yeah, so what I find really interesting about this case, which I think that people should take really, really careful note of, is the actual conclusion that the general court makes. Because where I, I've read a few articles and I've had messages from people in the community saying that, okay, now we have a definition or a, this is more uh, an elaboration of the definition of personal data. But if you read the last sentences of this ruling, it doesn't say that. It actually just states that the EDPS didn't do their job uh, mm. sufficiently. And uh, it says... Since the EDPS didn't investigate whether Deloitte had legal means available to them, which could in practice enable them to assess the additional information, blah, 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 then uh, the revised decision must be annulled. So it doesn't say in the conclusion that mm. uh, this is not pseudonymized data, that this is anonymous data. They are posing that question mm. and reasoning around that throughout the whole ruling. But the conclusion of the ruling is only, as far as I interpret it, a procedural error made by the EDPS. Right. And I agree in that sense that it should not be construed too broadly. It is clear. It has been the Court of Justice has again and again and again stressed that the concept of personal data is to be interpreted broadly, period. What is interesting, though, is in that in this case, it seems to me like um, it was a little bit of a weird step to mention that it actually uh, is an issue at all, whether or not Deloitte had the means to re-identify. Because if I recall correctly, the Briar case, right, uh, the whole thing there was fine, you're running a website, but it's still possible for you to obtain information on who this person is, whose IP address changes, for example, by contacting the police in case that there is some kind of uh, you know, uh, unlawful event occurring. So basically, mm -hmm. the Court of Justice has just interpreted the conditions of the GDPR quite strictly, right? You only have non-personal data if it's impossible or like practically impossible to identify someone or if it's illegal. Um, and I don't see why the same reasoning doesn't kind of 
extend automatically to Deloitte here. Like some of the comments could possibly be unlawful. In such a case, Deloitte could see, you know, somebody's writing that they plan a terrorist attack. So they call the authorities and the authorities uh, find out who this person is. It's just so difficult to think about this. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking on that example, my first reaction is that, well, it wouldn't be personal data to Deloitte in that case either, because that would only be for the authorities to do, to get access to. So Deloitte could uh, raise that as a warning, but they couldn't actually get any more information. But what's interesting here, and, and in the Breyer case, is the discussion around the legal means available to somebody. And I feel that one huge thing that this ruling is missing is the discussion around the non-legal means available to a, any party to obtain the information necessary to put it together with the pseudonymized data in order to re-identify people. And you have much more than legal means. What about uh, hack hacking attacks, targeted hacking attacks? What about... Uh, um you know uh, accidents that you you uh, accidentally publish the whole database on the website which has happened time and time before and it will happen again so there are other situations here which could bring that database uh, out in the public one way or another mm. it's maybe not that feasible but is it completely impossible no, so I think then we're just back into the standard discussion on anonymization. Is it possible to anonymize at all, right? So yeah. we're right back at square one there, I fear. Uh, but, you know, to me, one thing that stands out is that maybe uh, this is not so fine. They are caught up on the procedural detail. They're saying it's not entirely clear if Deloitte had those legal means to obtain uh, additional personal data. Okay, Um then to me, the question is really, does this have any consequence aside from those procedural steps? Because here is what I'm thinking about. There is that recital in the GDPR, which mentions that personal data also includes data. Uh, sorry, L let me just very quickly open that up because I have it right here and I don't remember the exact wording. Yes, to determine if a person is ident identifiable, account should be taken off all the means reasonably likely to be used either by the controller or by another person to identify the natural person. So the way that I used to read this and the natural interpretation is it's personal data if there is somebody else who could reasonably combine it with other stuff and figure out who you are, right? Um, yeah, and that's recital 26, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is, that's the very basic. But here in this case, isn't it very clear cut that there is a third party who can identify this person. So I think, uh, to put it more plainly, I think the way that I used to read this recital in the GDPR was, you are a controller if there is somebody who can identify this person, period. Like, regardless of not whether or not you can identify them. Mm -hmm. But then the question is, if I have personal data where I have no means no, no legal means of actually identifying the person or no means at all to re-identify. But I know that there is a party which does have such means. Does that still make oh, yeah. me a controller? Yeah. So then, then based on the recital and on the case law, to me, the natural conclusion was yes, 
there is somebody who can figure yeah. this out, you're a controller. But from this case, maybe we can infer that the answer is not so clear cut. But look at look at the implications if this is upheld on. Uh, and another thing that I don't think we actually mentioned was that this isn't the GDPR. This is the twin regulation for the EU institutions, the 2018 slash uh, 1725, if I'm correct. So uh, that's yes, important as well, <laughs> just to, to have that mentioned that this is not yeah. the GDPR, but it could have, of course, and it will have implications for uh, other data protection laws. And um, now I lost my thread, what I was going to say, because I was clarifying that point. The implications, sorry, the broader implications. Yeah, the broader yeah. implications, thank you. Because think about all the Google Analytics cases that we've had and the transfer to the US of the IP addresses. Like I am in absolutely no position to find out who is behind any IP address that uh, is dropped into a log of any website uh, that I owned. So with the implications of this type of ruling mean that, okay, I am actually just uh, not processing personal data because it's anonymous to me. Mm, that would make no sense either. It would make my life really a lot uh, easier. <laughs> it would, it would. But it is a thing of extremes, right? On one hand, if we say, yeah, you know what? I have no idea. I have no way of finding out. Although if it's your blog, I would suspect, again, using the Briar reasoning, like, oh, but you would have the means if things went too far. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, it's two extremes. Either, well, I don't know. So it's not personal data, putting data subjects at risk, or, well, somebody in this whole wide world could potentially find out if it's possible or legal. So that's it. It's personal data. Never yeah. mind. Like, I think one key takeaway that I have from this is the same one that I had. Uh, I recently read one of those um, eight recent cases. I'm not exaggerating. There are actually eight cases out there now. And in one um, recent opinion on car uh, VIN numbers, you know, the VIN numbers, the chassis number. So the advocate general there says that they're only personal data when they're actually linked to a person. So not by mm. default. So whether or not something is personal data, of course, depend on the context. Right. But I think that maybe in this ruling, it it probably goes too far to assess that context in terms of uh, Deloitte. Well, when it comes to this ruling, yes, I agree, we can't stretch it that far. But I do, I, I will admit, I haven't read that opinion. But now that I think about it, it sounds perfectly logical. Because then you can say, well, look, GDPR applies to processing of personal data. You as a controller need to have purpose have determined purpose and means uh, and to me that already <coughs> sorry implies in itself that you can't really create this kind of situation where you're just uh, suddenly uh, you know where you have not defined a purpose where you don't look at the purpose and it's still personal data like if i take a photo of a car and it happens to have that chassis number like clearly i don't know to me, you know, there, there are no persons in the photo. I take a snapshot of the car. There is a serial number there. Why on earth would that be personal data? Now, yeah. if I decide to post that, as in this person is wanted. So there sh should be some link there. The, the problem now, I feel, with data protection law is that it the uncertainty 
which is only uh, exaggerated by this uh, recent ruling. But also that it's so extreme, like the, the example that you give now. But on the other hand, I absolutely see that this VIN number by itself, when it, the car is produced, then it's not clearly, absolutely not personal data. But as soon as I purchase that vehicle, then that vehicle is registered on me. And that VIN number only applies to me as the owner. You know, this is really <laughs> just so hard to think about. We, I used to joke with a friend like, uh, I don't know, my father likes cake. Like, uh, is that my personal information or personal information of my father? I mean, you, you can stretch all of this beyond any sense of reason. Yeah. Um, but, and it's uh, exhausting because uh, I, I really feel this uh, <laughs> during this time now that it these small details and peculiarities and the extremes of data protection law is uh, exhausting and it's stealing a lot of the focus just look at all of the work related to Schrems 2 which has been absolutely ridiculous and beyond like I can criticize that so much because of the efforts put in by so many people that shouldn't have had to spend the resources on this type of data protection efforts and I feel right. that it's almost becoming like a, a threat to data protection when mm. it's being so taxing on the DPOs, being there in the nitty gritty doing all of the work when you are dragged into these uh, hypothetical, theoretical scenarios mm. all of the time. Sorry well, for, I just had a real no. little rant there. No, not at all, because I think that's exactly on point. And I think what is happening with all of these cases is we're getting lots of trees and uh, kind of missing the forest. Because yeah. I think with, let's take Schrems too, it is important, genuinely, American surveillance is a concern. 100%. But if we take one step back, uh, now I need another example from, a, you know, something different than a carpenter, but like in the grand scheme of things, mm -hmm. this person spending five days to sit down and write a transfer impact assessment, what is this going to change? Yeah. And I so, don't, I absolutely agree with you of the importance of this and the surveillance, ad tech, all of this AI. We need people working on these hugely important matters that are threatening our democratic society. I just don't think that the carpenters or even many DPOs should be tasked with doing this that the regulators should make more clear. And unfortunately, what comes out of the uh, court of justice isn't always very clear. No. And even when it comes to these very basics, what is actually personal data, you know, uh, what is information, what is um, relating to, mm -hmm. what is identified, what is identifiable, you know, those core things we're still trying to define and to nail down, you know, years, what is it now, like nearly 30 years since the data protection directive. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a really exhausting process in that way. But I think um, if we have to kind of sum up our key takeaways from this, I think mine would be that it is telling at least that the court uh, did not immediately say, well, somebody can identify this person, um, you know, that they didn't hang on to the uh, Resettle 26 and say, you know, clearly personal data. And I know it's very likely not going to change anything. I'm certain that the EU is not going to narrow down the scope of personal data. But it shows to me at least that the most drastic reading of the GDPR is maybe a bit too pessimistic. 
Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think so too. And um, to sum up, well, there is one more ruling uh, in the hands of the court. Uh, there's not been any movements in the, since the request for the preliminary hearing, and that concerns the um, IAB Europe on the so-called trans- transparency and consent string, if that constitutes personal data. So there is another uh, ruling coming at some point which will explore this uh, concept mm. of personal data once again. Right, and we still have to talk about that Article Nine case. Oh like yes, we the do. Name, yeah, yeah, the name of your partner is sensitive personal data. <laughs> so I think we're going to try figuring out what we actually work with. So I think that that's been uh, now my life goal is to figure out what, uh, yeah, what my job is. <laughs> but I think that it was also so nice to hear that uh, you don't really feel comfortable interpreting this either, yeah. because I think everybody feels a bit stupid reading these decisions. So yeah. yeah. And we feel for you all, everyone out there, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this ruling as well. So I guess uh, we have to uh, uh, swing by LinkedIn and uh, announce this episode at least, right? Yes, absolutely. I shall be better at checking my (laughs) messages, LinkedIn's and everything. And I will come back stronger in June. Yes. Thank you so much and uh, have a wonderful day, evening, whatever it might be. Uh, And to all of our listeners, we'll be back. We will. Thanks for now. Bye-bye.